Welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. I'm Jason Richmond, a fourth generation road builder who started on a shovel and now serves as the chief operating officer at BuildWit. We are excited to have Evan Triggs, vice president of Earthwave Technologies, join us today. Evan was a student athlete at Ball State University and graduated with a computer systems networking and telecommunications degree. He served at Angie's List for five years before joining Earthwave in 2017. He's passionate about public speaking, motivating, training, leadership, and developing sales professionals. I'm excited to hear your story, Evan. Welcome to the Dirt World Thank Podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. How it's you been doing a great morning today? so far. I'm even more excited to be with you this morning. We have so much in common. But yeah, it's been great. I'm, a, I'm really excited. Yeah, you know, one of the things is I started doing the research, uh, I was noticing like you went to Cathedral, you went to Ball State, Angie's List. I live in Indiana. Those are all Indiana roots. So tell me a little bit about your path starting from, you know, as early yeah, as possible. Yeah, very much rooted in Indiana, Indianapolis area. Um, but you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head, right? Um, I went to high school at Cathedral and that's kind of been a, a very, you know, it's been advantageous for me moving forward, but I went to Ball State. You mentioned I played football. Um, you know, Cathedral's a football school, right? So, you know, that led to uh, having a pretty good career moving forward at the next level. Um, currently a coach at Cathedral, so I still, you know, give back there. But from Ball State, um, really got into the telematics world. Um, you started off, my first real job was a sales job selling cell phones, uh, at the Verizon kiosk in the mall. So, you know, moving forward from there, um, you know, the Angelus world really came about in uh, 2010, 11, 12, and it really got big in the city. And so, you know, there's a ton of talent there. Um, we, uh, we were able to do a lot with that organization to grow and expand it. And most of it was working with contractors, a lot of the roofing, HVAC, painting, remodeling contractors really got a feel for that world and just through mentorships, through opportunities being available, I got I got a shot at Earthwave Technologies as the director of sales. And, you know, from from selling cell phones uh, to Earthwave Technologies, which is which is literally a telematics device. It, it was like this crazy uh, like this. It, it was almost um, it was almost serendipitous how it all happened. Um, being being in that world and then getting thrust back into the world with the working with contractors right in the middle. So it's been a blessing. It's, it's been awesome. And so there's, you know, with our business now, there's so much more room to grow as the construction industry is adopting more technology. So it's been really exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, another thing we have in common, I, I played college sports as well. I went to Anderson University, small D3 school, played baseball had an absolute blast uh, just kind of throwing it over to you from, you know, from your football days at ball state, like what was one of the, you know, best moments that you had or, you know, something that you, you could share was, was really exciting uh, while you were playing football at ball. Well, state. Uh, ball state, if you remember in the early two thousands, we had some ups and some downs. So uh, we had, we had, yeah, oh, yeah, we had some downs, right. We uh, we were coming off of a 21 game losing streak, and I'm not sure people remember this, but David Letterman used to come on the air and give us a hard time, right? You know, he, he'd be our most famous alumni. One of our greatest moments it was it was football and homecoming. 
and we had just come off a 21 game losing streak and uh and letterman promised he was going to come to the campus and participate in homecoming and uh we were playing the 23 uh, 23rd ranked team in the country toledo which is our arch rival and we actually won that game by a last uh, um, by a kickoff return with seconds left on the clock and beat them at home. And we literally trashed the whole campus. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, they, the kids stormed the stadium, we trashed the campus. But Letterman played that um, video uh, on his show that, that upcoming Sunday. So that was a really exciting moment. We got a chance to give him something to put on the air, but also to overcome some, you know, some challenges with our program and get a big win. That, that's incredible. I'm, I'm just out of curiosity. What position? I played at uh, defensive end. Played on the D line. Yeah. Yeah. Chasing quarterbacks. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> I hear you. Well, w- one thing that uh, we haven't talked about that I read in your bio was this uh, little stint that you had with the Indianapolis Tornadoes minor league football team. Wow. Founder leading. 10 years what yeah it's a, a long story that. but I, I will say you know, I um uh you know my quest was to go pro you know in the NFL and I and I spent a, a lot of time in my life you know chasing that dream after college and I still wanted to play football and there was opportunities to still go pro but there was opportunities to play local and we went out to uh, a couple of friends of ours we went out to some local teams in Indianapolis and they were unprofessional didn't have good talent it's kind of not well put together and just with my football background it, it i felt like i was obligated to bring a professional outfit to indianapolis for guys like me who still uh, can play uh who you know are are still networking and trying to build a presence in the city uh, fresh out of college and also to want to play for a, t- a team that has talent and want to compete at a high level. Really, that's how it all started. And so, you know, like-minded individuals like myself, other business guys who uh, most of them were contractors that had money, that were former players, wanted to get involved. And, you know, from there, I think, you know, Jason, I'll tell you a couple of things happened. One, I found that Indianapolis is, is a legitimate spot to have a good football team because of, you know, the growing city, people being here. Number two is, Amateur sports is is was was good for business for us, and uh, you know amateur sports in Indianapolis was really really a good venture. And you see, there's there's other teams here in Indianapolis that do minor league professional. They could be soccer, they could be basketball. But we got in early and were able to do. And I, I did that for seven years, and it was really really good on both sides, the football and the business. Man, that's incredible. You know, I just, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking about what a visionary you are, you know, just how passionate you are for your community, you know, and, and, and growing that. and building causes. And so it does not surprise me to hear about your sales leadership and the successes that you're having, on, you know, there at Earthwave. Um, you know, as I was doing the research, checking out social media, I was noticing uh, that when you sign off, you say coach. And I just thought that was super cool. So tell me a little bit about coach. What does sure. that mean? That you? means a lot. That means a lot. Um, you know, my background's in football. Um, and I tell people all the time, you know, my, my mom, she worked every day. I had all the brothers and sisters that, that actually we had, we all had to have jobs. And I was the youngest, second youngest. And, you know, doing sports was something that, that was, I was in, just thrusted into. And it wasn't because my mom could take me to to the to practices to the games. 
my my best friend's dad was our coach. So I was able to go play football because he would pick me up and mm-hmm. and and take take us where we needed to go. So that's the impact of a coach, right? To do something in my life that I had I didn't have the ability to do unless a coach could lead the way for me. And then, you know, fast forward that I look back on my past, it was the coach who would help us be successful. It was the coach that that paved the way. And so as I became a leader in business and leader in sales, I always wanted to make sure I still had that impact on people that those coaches had for me. And I not just in sports. I can be a great coach in the business world. I can be a great coach for my sales professionals and still give them that same opportunity. So, of course, you know, you know, I come to the office and, you know, want to be called whatever. But now they call me coach in the office just because this is this kind of the, the presence that I bring. So in my name tag on my door says Coach Triggs. Right. So and I endear that. I do. I really appreciate people acknowledge me on that level because of what it means to me. Yeah, it's uh, it draws me in. You know, I, 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 I've, if you're not following Evan on socials, you should go check him out. He's, uh, he's got some great videos, very motivational, very encouraging, very uplifting. And, and to me, that, that positive spirit, that positive energy, it just, it, it attracts. And so it, to me, like whether you're, you're attracting workforce or whether you're attracting, you know, people to, you know, uh, to your organization or customers. Like to me, it's like, wow, this coaching mentality is great for your business, but it's great for the dirt world. So, um, you know, there's, there you, there's some real truth in what you said, because quite honestly, our role in the construction space and our technology, there's an adoption level where, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Right. Contractors have been underserved in technology. We all know this. That's why we're doing these types of things. But the coaching piece of it is we actually get our team to the level where they can coach, advise. They can help contractors get to the next level. And it's in that advice. It's in that uh, what we call uh, intentionality, right? That intentionality that we're going to be there for you and we're going to work through the steps to get you to the next level. I think that's where it transfers, you know, from the coach to the athlete, from the contractor and the technology service, there there is that same relationship. Yeah, I love one of the quotes that you put on social. It says, it's not about winning, it's mm. about getting better. And then you'd reference how you follow John Wooden, you know, and some of his coaching philosophies of, you know, con- constantly train on the fundamentals and we have to have the right mindset. And I think that, you know, that, that correlates with what you're just saying there. Like we have to have a growth mindset in construction and we've got to figure out, you know, how can we train every day and get better every day? And if we don't have the right mindset, if we're not, you know, striving for getting better, um, then we're just going to get what we've always had. And so, you know, I think that's really cool how you pull in those parallels of some of the most, you know, famous coaches, ever into the construction industry. Um, Wooden. So within our company, uh, John Wooden, the pyramid of success is something that we, we use as far as our internal training. Right. And, and that, uh, and that's not something new for me uh, joining Earthwave. I was, I had uh, received from as a Christmas present, one of those calendars that had like every day you tear the page off. It had a quote and it was a John Wooden calendar. Right. So I've got these John Wooden, you know, posted notes up around my cubicle. And people will make fun of me, but it was but they would also read them and get something out of it. 
um, so, so to your point, um, you know, the fundamentals, I think we get back to the fundamentals at any level. Um, and this is not just business. This is not just coaching. This is in construction as well. And I think the companies that really focus on the fundamentals, they can really uh, attach to our process. And our process for any kind of technology is you you first crawl, right? <laughs> then you walk, then you run. That's just like that's just like any process, right? And the fundamentals are in that crawl space where you know you really get your feet up underneath you. The other piece of it too, right? Uh, and, and the other piece, real quick, is is winning. Um, yeah. And and this is what I learned uh, just in high school at Cathedral and 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 moving forward. You don't just want to. You don't want to win. The, you know, winning is not just to win. It's winning the right way. And and you know the uh, the objective of every game is to win. But guess what? You don't win every game, right? So if you only find joy in the victory, you won't find joy. <laughs> you know, it's it's in the opportunities that you get yeah. to compete and what you what you receive, what you learn after the competition. That's mm, so powerful. Absolutely. So powerful. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think about construction from start to finish. And if you don't enjoy the journey and the process, you're not going to enjoy your job very much, but we all love to look back right. and say, we built that and it's super cool, uh, right. but it's the process. It's that grind. It's that, you know, uh, every day. So really cool. I keep referencing your social media. I hope you're okay with I that. learned it. a lot about you. One other quick thing I wanted to join in. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to pull out here at, uh, early in the conversation is I thought it was cool how you wrote, we take personal development serious mm -hmm. here at Earthwave and you, you, you give, you know, you, you read books, you learn, you grow together, but you also give recognition and you gave the book glue. And then you asked the question, who's the glue in your organization? And I just thought that that was a, one cool that you're reading and learning and growing together Two, you're given a book three you're given recognition and then you're asking a really profound question it really made me think about like who's the glue at build with and how important that is within any organization sure. that's out there. so in, in sports and i'm and i, I hate to talk about myself because i really like to be be humble but in sports i consider myself a difference maker i really i really do and and there was opportunities where you know, I was able to step in that role and do those things. And then I was recognized for it. You know, as, as much as I want to be humble, when someone recognizes me, that means that I don't have to pump myself up and do those types of things. And I think that's important in business. One, there are difference makers in organizations where the day they show up, they light the room up, any project you hand them, any task that they've given, they take it upon themselves as if it was their task, as if, there's, if it's their business. And so, one, I feel myself to be a difference maker. And number two, I want to make sure I rec recognize those different difference makers. And in that book, Glue, um, it's it's a, it's there a lot. It's a lot of the things that was in that book. The gentleman that I was recognizing was already doing. So it was I was almost edifying some of the processes that he had put together and he hadn't even read the book. And, you know, to take it to the next level. You know, all people all people have to do to be successful is maybe just document. I do it on social. Maybe just document some of the things that you do. Maybe just share a few things because we don't even know how the impact that we have currently on other people unless we share it. Does that make sense? That's why I do social. That's why I do because it's every day for us, right? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I, you know, when I think about, you know, my leadership style, I think about these four walls, safety, teamwork, leadership, and recognition. And safety is not just like putting on your PPE gear. It's psychological safety. It's making sure that, you know, the team feels very comfortable. And then, you know, the old acronym, you know, together, everyone accomplishes more for team leadership. We've been talking about the importance of having influence and coaching and guiding and support. But to me, I know how recognition makes me feel. And I think that we have an, an opportunity and an obligation to give recognition to those that are out there working. So if you're out there today and you know, people on your crews are working hard, you know, giving it everything that they've got, it's, it's not in our nature to stop and tell somebody, Hey, great job. Or, Hey, you're adding value to the team or, Hey, thanks for showing up on time. Or, Hey, thanks for being a leader. To me, that recognition, it feels good to receive it, but man, it feels great to give it. And so, you know, just if you could talk for a minute about giving recognition. Absolutely. So, um, you know, there, what's, what's interesting about leadership, and I explain this to anybody that, anybody that I work with in regards to leaders, there's a book called Leaders Eat Last. And when I, I'll say that in a group of people and they go, what? It's like, no, leaders eat last, right? Um, there's this, this is philosophy that um, people, you know, if people gain more when the recognition is given versus the leader standing in front and taking the recognition uh, of their team that does the work. And so, you know, combine those two leaders eat last. What does that mean? Right. That means that sometimes I'm going to have to give the recognition to other people, although I guided them, I mentored them, I helped them. I, but that's what they have gained versus me. At the end of the day, when you look at, you know, when you look at how, when all things are done, I want the people to recognize that I was with them in the process. And that's and that's I think that's what that means when leaders eat last is you're with them in the process. And uh, and, you know, you know, that 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 is that has proved dividends for me um, sometimes in certain scenarios. Should I have taken the credit or should I have done these different things? Maybe. But the dividends come in the long run. And I'm a, I'm a long I'm a long ball kind of guy. So. Um, I do give people the credit that they deserve. Um, and even if, even if it's one of those things where people say, I know you did. No, it's, this doesn't matter. Right. Give that person their time to shine. Right. And I, I really do believe in that. Man, that's incredible. That's so awesome. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about, you know, your thoughts, your ideas, your personal philosophies. Obviously that spills over into the culture, Earthwave technologies. I mean, I just, I can feel the energy and the excitement. So I can only imagine what it's like within your organization there. But tell me a little bit about Earthwave technologies. There's a lot of listeners that are out there that, you know, we've talked about it a little bit in terms of telematics, but, you know, for those that don't know what it is or don't understand who you are and what you do, talk to me about, you know, your organization and, and, and what, what you yeah, bring for, to the First of all, it's family business. You know, we, we are, we still, we still have that. Um, close knit group, um, where people who work in the organization are, are, it still has that family environment. We work very hard at what we do. Our founder and our president is still involved day to day operations. He gets on calls with us. He still meets with, uh, with companies. Larry Baker is our, is our president. He's actually going to be at the dirt summit as well. So he and I are going to, uh, man the, man the, uh, the day. Um, but our business, um, kind of evolved from, you know, what we thought we should be doing 
to now where we are. And it was through the help and guidance of contractors who have guided our business to where we need to go. 100% of our customers are in heavy civil space. Um, early in our early in our conception, uh, we got involved with um, software integrations, and then we got involved with corporate partners. And that, from the, from that aspect, we've really grown our business. So we've got two real divisions. Um, a lot of our customers are heavy highway, uh, asphalt producing companies. So they do the they do the big DOT jobs. Um, you know, they manufacture on asphalt aggregate. So we manage the trucks and we manage their operations on the uh, lay down of hot mix. And then the other side of our business is going to be the, the dirt companies, you know, very similar. The heavy civil uh, excavation, um, you know, construction side of heavy civil. So, you know, the, the big dump trucks that are moving dirt, um, we ticket those, we track those trucks. Um, the big excavators that are there, we're, mo we're monitoring idle on those excavators, making sure there's a right amount of trucks on the job site. And then the purpose of the purpose of what we do, and this is from our founder who has been in business, who's been a business owner for 40 plus years. We, we want to help companies be more efficient uh, to manage their resources and assets to the best of the capability. One, because construction is no longer getting any cheaper, right? It's like it's the highest it's been in a long time. So the purpose of this is one, to, to remain to be profitable in this space. So that not only do we help our contractors grow, but we as an uh, organism within the construction industry, we can grow too. So so it's kind of one of those two things where if contractors are making money, if contractors are being more profitable, I think that makes us more successful, right? At the end of the day. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Witt, our CEO and founder, talks all the time about the importance of, of profitability and getting to it so that you can take care of your people, take care of your teams, reinvest in your organization, give, you know, give back to the, to, to the dirt world, you know, and whatnot. So r really cool, you know, with razor sure. thin margins in construction, looking for competitive advantage and efficiencies and profitability. As I was looking at the website, you know, it says you, if you can't measure sure. it, you can't improve it. And so it sounds like that's one of the big things that Earthwave does is, so what kind of metrics uh, come with 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 this, and I see Fleet Watcher and Fleet Watcher construction and software. So, can you kind of tell me a little bit about what's Earthwave and Fleet Watcher, and how sure. does that all uh, work? Fleet Watchers, Earthwave is our technology company. Fleet Watchers our product, right? So, um, anybody that has the app, anybody that has the website, is going to see a Fleet Watcher logo when we're out. Sometimes with when we're out doing charity events, sometimes you'll see us. Uh, um, you know, doing some things in the in the marketplace, like in Indianapolis, we'll do like a, a, a Thanksgiving dash, or we'll do some kind of charity event for strength. You'll see Earthwave. So, you know, just the two different entities work that way. Um, but some of the metrics, I think, um, one one is we really do preach a top down leadership, right? That's why I love the Dirt Summit because I saw very specifically you guys mentioned in your uh, collateral. We want to see VPs here, directors here, CEOs, presidents. And I'm thinking like, absolutely, because any metric that we talk about measuring and improving has to start with leadership. You know, some of the questions that we ask in our process are when you guys sit down in your management meetings, um, do you guys talk about ways to be better at your operation? Right. And then when you talk about ways to be better at your operation, how do you break that down into a metric 
that you can train, teach your team and drive that number. Right. So that's where it starts. You know, uh, on a lot of operations, there's going to be waste because we're burning too much fuel. Um, we've got time cards on in the field that aren't reflecting the work. We've got numbers that sometimes get fudged. So we try to provide accurate data. OK. And then it's not just accurate data for the course of accuracy. It's accurate data to drive a metric. So a couple metrics that we do uh, in the dirt world specifically are cycle times. Right. You know, the cycle times, um, a trucking cost based on what your target is. Right. So I'm going to pay these trucks by the ton. Um, they're going to have X amount of time to, to complete the cycle. What are those numbers in comparison to what we bid? Because that's important. Right. There's only a ver there's only a few variable costs in in some of these operations. The material we can't, you know, material and labor we can't negotiate. That some of these companies we work with, that's a that's a flat cost. We we have no adjustment of it, but we can adjust the resources that we spend each day to hit the metric. So is, can we drive down the trucking costs? Can we drive down the amount of waste on a job site? Right. So that's where. That, so it's and it's and it's the group that will be at the dirt summit that will fully understand some of the things that we're, we're, we're helping contractors do. Totally. So I have a, what feels like a simple question, maybe a very complex, but I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking many trucks that are in fleets that are out there serving construction sites across, whether it's ag, whether it's asphalt, whether it's, you know, uh, dirt are sure. uh, third party. And so as I'm thinking about, okay, they've got this software, what, so do you have to partner with third-party truckers? Like if a, if a business is wanting this, your services and your software, do you have to put a device in the trucks? Like how does the, how does the system work when it comes to using your software and, and, and partnering with Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of give you a baseline here. We work with probably nine corporate companies. Some of the big ones, CRH is a name that's out there, um, Colas. I think I don't know the number, but I'm going to kind of guess, guesstimate probably 75 percent of their their hauling fleet is is either a third party trucking broker broker group or independent group. So we have customers that 75 percent of their fleet they do not own. OK, and so there is there is no easy way. This is not a simple answer. <laughs> this is a difficult question. Right. Yeah. Um, so. I apologize, but I, I figured many of I apologize, but I figured many yes. of our listeners are yeah. out there are probably thinking about it. And so, what, yeah. what a better time! Yeah, it to sounds talk easy. About That's what I, they probably heard me talking like that. Sounds too easy. No, it's hard, right? I mean, I'm I'm giving credit where credit is due. So um, we do have uh, a capability to manage and and you know basically manage and and work with outside haulers. Okay. Um, the basic mechanic of it, we do have a portable box that's plug and play that can just go in the cab of their truck, or we have an app on our on our software where they can just log in, and um, and and we recognize that's who they are, and they automatically come into the system. All right, and on top of it, we do ticketing. So if they pull a ticket from a plant, say for instance from an aggregate plant, they all of a sudden show up in the system. So they have a few different ways to track those trucks. That's at the front end. That seems like what it is, but it's really that's that's just the that's just the surface. What we have is we have a network now of of contractors that all have decided to play game on the same playing field. And so when you talk about these third party trucks, if I've got one company that wants to standardize and then the rest of them don't, then that's the outlier. When we got when we have contractors in, in North America 
who are all trying to get all of their contractors in a, in a software system, trying to get all of their contractors to play on the same playing field, the adoption level goes way higher. Markets like Virginia, uh, markets like Pennsylvania, where we've got companies, big companies who run a lot of trucks and almost every brokerage has to go through them at some point in time. They know that there's software out there. Then it, the adoption is where the difficulty is. You know, I, we, there's always good software out there. Some company shows up, but they can never get contractors to adopt it or the drivers. So that, I think that's where it's at, Jason. You know, technology is what it is. I think we've put tools out there. We've got contractors out there that are evangelizing, trying to get everybody on the same playing field. And we need to continue to do that. You know, we need to continue to grow the construction space with this type of technology. So I watched a video on your website and one of the things that you said was you, you were just touching upon it. You were talking about adopting technologies and that we must be agents of change. Another simple concept, but change in the construction industry is hard. So any thoughts that you could share about being a change agent in the dirt world or advice that you would have for our listeners that are out there thinking about, Hey, I want to get better, but man, this has changed. This is different. This is hard. Like what, what, what would you have from an encouraging words uh, about adopting some new technologies in the construction yeah, change, industry? Um, change comes with a, a, a lot of negatives, right? Like, you know, there, there needs to be some kind of like seminar for change management. Cause I, cause we have them in technology as a, on the, on the service side, we should probably have those same services on the construction side. Change management. How do I how do I get buy in? How do I, um, you know, how do we you know change the guard, so to speak, uh, of how we do things? And you know, we deal with this every day. What I will say is, I always recommend that you know there's clarity um, from top to bottom what the objectives are of our, of our organization. Right? You know, getting companies into the 21st century has to start at the top, and there has to be clarity in why. There are there are stigmas involved in this stuff. Jason, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we're kicking a hornet's nest by doing this or we you know, this feels like big brother. It, you know, if, if we don't do it right, if we don't get the message isn't right, then that's what happens. And guys will guys are too busy. You know what I'm talking about? I'm too busy to fool with this. And then it gets pushed off to the side. That's one. Number two is I really do believe that there are um, we, we we're going to the impact conference um uh, one of our, our, our young leaders, uh, we're going to the impact conference and we've been signed up for the impact conference for years. There's up and coming, aspiring, uh, I would say middle-aged guys. And this, these are, these are millenniums, millennials, millenniums from our company that are going, that are, that are all working together to try to, you know, be the next rung of leadership within construction. So how much are we putting into that? And, and so th those are the types of things that we do. We, we can't change. You know, we can't change the minds of people who uh, aren't willing to change. And but we also, too, can give the tools to people who are agents of change. And that's think that's the key. You, we, we always tell people they we're old school, Evan. And, you know, this we, our biggest fear is they won't adopt it. Do you have a young up and coming guy that's either foreman or a super or that's a guy that's in the office that is looking for a way to, to get to the next level in regards to their career? And they go, oh, yeah, we got one or two. I was like, can I just meet, meet with them? And sure, we get together. They take it on. They they get with the old school guys. They get with the presidents of the companies. And they start to evangelize a little bit 
And all of a sudden they start hiring people that are like minded, see how that works. And then they start to put that thing together and it, and it starts to work out. That's how I've seen it. It's not it's, it's a very difficult thing to do, but it's time. I feel like construction. It's time. Right. It's it's getting there. Yeah, the, the time is now for sure. You know, we talk about the stats that are out there uh, all the time on this podcast, or at least I bring them up uh, because they're real. Uh, you know, currently uh, we need about over 500,000 new people, net new people coming into the industry uh, in order to, to, to grow the industry and, and to serve, you know, the industry well. Uh, by the year 2031, 40% of the workforce is going to retire. And so, you know, with, with the natural attrition that's happening, what I'm hearing you say is this next generation is coming up. They're embracing technology. They want they want an opportunity to lead. Uh, you know, they want an opportunity to to learn and grow, and they want an opportunity to make a difference and and to get better. And so, it sounds like your technology and, and your leadership style and what you're doing, like you can help companies with leadership and workforce development. We absolutely can. Forward. Well, workforce development is it's. Um, you know, we have to provide tools that help um, leaders and managers, um, you know, basically uh, expand um, with transparency, um, with visibility. Um, you know, these companies now nowadays are so big that you can only trust so far. You know, the trust is that's that's I feel like con construction is built on trust and I, I get it. Um, and and I'll, I actually love that because I'm a huge proponent of trust. But when you get to a size you know, your trust is now limited. OK, and I think we can start with that foundation of how do we trust what we're doing here and use a tool to help us get to that level. Um, workforce development, um, you know, just my thoughts on that, because I, we, I've got contractors that have these are corporate big groups have twelve hundred plus open positions across North America. It's a lot of seats to fill. Right. And so we got to think outside the box. You know, my question is, what are you guys doing? It's like, you know, we can't go through the same channels and avenues that we've done the last 25 years. And either those resources just aren't getting the type of quality or those resources have kind of dried up the leads. You know, that that sometimes happens. Right. You know, we, it, you know, I used to look at I'm helping companies, you know, looking at their advertising for truck drivers because we deal with a lot of empty vehicles in, in yards. You know, this this you know, company have fleet of 40 trucks. There's 12 that just don't move because they don't have drivers. Right. And I'm looking at their advertising and they've got a, and the picture that they have in there is from 1996. It's like, you got to freshen up your marketing, right? It's, you know, that guy is probably in that picture. He's probably 80, you know, like you got to freshen up what you're doing. So it's that. And so we got to think outside the box. Right. And I don't know what the resources are, but, have we explored all the resources specifically recruiting and have we explored all the resources specifically for marketing, how to get, how to get in front of people to make construction fun and exciting. Like I see it, um, you know, coming from a con expo year, it's, it, I've never been more exciting, excited about the construction space and how do we take that bottle it, push it out there and get everybody fired up. I think those are the things we need to, to invest in. Yeah, we're starting to see the industry come alive when it comes to marketing and, and, um, you know, photography and videography and storytelling and, and, and really helping attract that next generation. Uh, we pay attention to it real close, sure. obviously here at BuildWit because we built a, a business, you know, around what we call the people life cycle, you know, helping companies attract through our creative agency. 
Uh, we've just launched Build With Jobs, a jobs platform, which is super cool, super exciting. You know, we've got the micro learning training platform. And then ultimately, you know, the area at Dirt World Summit is to unite the industry around leadership and workforce development, this people life cycle. Let's, let's come together. Let's figure it out. Let's solve these problems. Let's engage, uh, you know, and, you know, let's figure out how we're going to solve the biggest challenge, which is where are we going to get the the next group of people uh, into the, you sure, know, coming sure. into the industry? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I, we are we've been members for Napa for many years and I, I go to the Napa conference and that's workforce development has always come up, um, you know, the with asphalt plants and with some of the technology that's at the plants, it's really could dive into the 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 engineering space and, and colleges and and I want to give a couple shout outs here Superior Construction, um, Alan Myers, CW Matthews. Uh, I, I'm on their LinkedIn and they are they are at every job fair. They're even creating their own job fairs. Uh, they're bringing out equipment. They've got and that's and I, and I want to follow companies that are involved in that because. In, and I'm only speaking from the asphalt space because we have a lot of uh, Napa companies. Um, but if you think about some of the companies that do bridge work, um, Alan Myers was recognized on a job uh, that they did. Maybe I don't know how many. I mean, I don't know how many miles of road over water. You know, that's, they did. They, they were over water the whole project, right? It's like you, you, that's something to be said, right? So, um, and Alan Myers is going to be at the dirt conference. They, they worked in Virginia on a project that was millions of yards of dirt. Uh, and so we got to get excited about those things. And then we market those and the technology of it. Let's not miss that our, that I've got teenagers. They all love tech. You know, they, my son wants to get into e-commerce and where I wanted to get in something else, it's all online. So how do we get those young folks involved in the technology? of construction. That's why I think it's important that we win now so that we have those resources available for young folks that are interested. Totally agree. Yeah, it's part of the reason I fell in love with BuildWit, you know, to make the dirt world a better place is the mission. And I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, and I I want them to both come into the industry as sure. well and be a fifth generation. And, you know, we have a, a unique opportunity right now. Um, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, I love you doing the name dropping and, and Napa is going to be at the, at the Dirt World Summit. Uh, super excited. You know, we reached out to a bunch of national associations and said, Hey, look, we love what you do and you, you, you deliver, you know, huge value to your members. We do not, we're not trying to compete. We really want to have this abundance mindset. We're, we're trying to solve the biggest problem. Let's all come together and figure out how we're going to attract this next generation and really provide, you know, what they need in order to be successful. And so super excited to see, you know, uh, Napa and some of the others that are coming to that to that event. It it should be cool. Speaking of the summit, you know, it's interesting. We um, we have limited space this year. It's our first event. Um, we're, we're learning a lot. We've made a, we've made a ton of mistakes, you know, along the way. And, uh, I, it went from idea in January to delivering in October and, and we've got a, you know, we're going to do a major debrief after the event on what did we do wrong? What went well? What do we need to do better? And year two will be better than year one, but we're really excited about it. Uh, our, our sponsor space, we have, we have 26 spaces and, uh, we, we had sold 25. And then all of a sudden I see the deal, uh, our HubSpot lights up and I get a Slack message, 
that, you know, Earthwave is interested. Next thing you know, I see a meeting book. Next thing you know, I see a deal win channel is saying they're on board. And so it was like, you guys must have found out about the event and literally you did not take any time to make a commitment. So you got our last booth sponsorship. What, what made you jump on board? Um, so I'm, I'm not taking any credit at all. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we, we, we finally assigned somebody to go out and look for opportunities, uh, specifically in our space. And we've, they, we've, we've always just happened to land on these. And so we're like, let's get proactive. So, uh, one of my colleagues decided to do this and, and, and the meeting came up where he was like, I got a few good ones. And I clicked on the Dirt World page and it was literally our customers on there. <laughs> I mean, Scotty's and, and Alan Myers, these different names. And I go, what, 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 how do we miss this? <laughs> so, so Larry and I, Larry's like, well, I'm going. And I had, I had a conflict. I, Jason, I swear I had a conflict. It's like, cancel that thing. We're going. We, we, like you said, it was overnight, <laughs> but it's so exciting. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what's exciting about uh, the meeting is Larry and I are both huge Jocko Willett fans. I mean, in 2021, uh, I remember uh, coming right out of COVID, I, um, I downloaded the audio book, um, Extreme Ownership. Okay. And I remember being in the dark. I was, I was work. I put the gym in my basement. I was working out in my basement. And when it came on and I heard his voice and I'm literally in the dark and he's talking about this, this voyage in Iraq and these things, I've never been more pumped up in my life, right? I've never been more pumped up in my life listening to this audio book. So then we bought the books for people on our team, Extreme Ownership. And that's been something that we always talk about as a group. And so having not only being able to fellowship in the industry with customers, with with people that we that we really have gotten benefits from, it was a no brainer, right? It was just a no brainer to get involved. And I'm glad we got the last spot because we'd been sad if we would have missed it. Absolutely. Well, we are super excited to have you guys, uh, you know, be a part of the Area Dirt World Summit. It's going to be an incredible three days. Got the golf outing and some workshops. We got Jocko that's going to be there. Day three, we're going to be working through, you know, what we call the people life cycle, attracting, hiring, onboarding, training, and retaining, you know, great people. Uh, is there anything specifically as we start to come to a close uh, that you want to kind of wrap up any thoughts, any ideas, anything that you want to share kind of last minute before we, we jump off. The no, podcast? I, 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 I do appreciate you having me on there, Jason. You know, one is that um, it's interesting that we have so much connected um, Two is I appreciate you yeah. bringing up coaching and sports because there's, you know, what I love about the construction space and I'm, and I, this is not a play or anything. It's very, it's very, very similar to a sports team. Some of the principles, philosophies, how uh, how sports, you know, transcend the lives of others, how teams go about winning, you know, how teams go about winning, how dynasties are created. When you look at some of the construction companies that have been around 100 years, when you look at some of the names and the outfits and, and how they feel about each other, um, you know, that's what I, that's what really brings me to the industry. It brings my energy and love towards the industry industry the most. And the coaching aspect of it is just like a just like a good coach is is, you know, put on a pedestal. There are people who are good leaders and people who are good followers. And I think what I believe is when we do things right, uh, we haven't had 
better followers in this world other than our construction companies. You know, you don't talk about great followers. We've had companies who have listened to us, who have believed in us, who've trusted us and invested in us. And those guys then become the leaders. But it started with them saying, hey, you know, Mr. Baker, Evan, I'm trusting you on this. Right. And they give us their opp our opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that 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 I think to any coach would say, you know, it's you know, coaches will tell you, you got to have good players. Right. And to win a championship, you got to have good players. And I, and I always lean on that. It's like we have we have good companies that work with us that have allowed us to be in this space. So I want to say thank you to our customers that have trusted us and done business with us. That's why we win, because we have good talent, you know, on that level. I love it. You know, I feel so connected to you from this conversation today. And I, 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 it just snapped. The light bulb just went off as to why. But one of the best leaders and mentors that I've ever had in my career played college football at Marshall nice. and was a coach. And so as I hear you, as I hear you talk and lead and, and, you know, your excitement and your enthusiasm and, and, you know what not, man, Earthwave is lucky to have you. The dirt world is lucky to have you. I'm excited that now you're in my network. This might be our first interaction here, but it's not going to be our last. Um, super excited. You absolutely crushed it today. Really, really enjoyed it. Want to make sure that our listeners know how they can find Earthwave Technologies. You can go to earthwavetech.com. That's E-A-R-T-H. W-A-V-E-T-E-C-H, earthwavetech.com, or they're on all the socials. Obviously, you can look up Evan Triggs on all the social media platforms. He'll be referred to <laughs> as coach, but Evan Triggs on all the social. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep leading in the dirt world, building people, projects, and communities. Yes, thank you, thank you so Appreciate much, Evan. You.